Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. On today's episode of GIST Healthcare Daily, we dig into Colorado's so-called public option plan, which was signed into law in early June. Centura Health's Chief Strategy Officer, Dean Sanpei, joins me to talk about the details. It's Monday, June 28th, and I'm Alex Olkin with GIST Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines in health business and policy news in under 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the show. Colorado became the third state to enact a public health insurance option law, which is slated to become available in 2023. The state follows Nevada and Washington, which have also signed public option proposals, Nevada just earlier in June. These aren't public options in the sense that they're government-run or administered health plans. Rather, they're standardized plans sold on the individual market by private insurers. And all three Western states are pledging to reduce premiums. Each state's so-called public option plans are different. Washington set a ceiling for reimbursements. Nevada and Colorado set reimbursement floors. To talk more about Colorado's plan is Dean Sanpei, Chief Strategy Officer of Centura Health, a 17-hospital system based in the Denver area with facilities across Colorado and western Kansas. Centura is also a GIST healthcare member. Dean, I'd first like to start with a little history. How did Centura get involved in Colorado's public option legislative process? As is the case, and I think probably almost everywhere in the country, um, healthcare costs are a big topic of conversation in political circles. And um, we, Centura, and, and me personally, believe that if we're not part of the solution, then solutions get imposed on our heads. The public option, as it was being called, the Colorado option, originally started with what lawmakers said was an opportunity for this, the healthcare community to come up with cost reduction methodologies of any kind that they wanted. The state just set targets. They gave us two years to do that, and then year three would um, start a public option that in its original form was going to be a, a quasi-government entity. It was going to be to control costs. That public option was going to be able to rate set on healthcare providers uh, to any degree necessary in order to hit the premium reduction center, I was obviously felt like we needed to get involved in that process else the solution, which was going to be very untenable for us, was going to be imposed on us. One of the lawmakers' key goals was reducing premiums, one of the more common barometers for healthcare costs. But of course, several factors go into determining premium rates. So what were Centura's concerns about these premium reduction targets? 
The other component of the bill, the first version that was alarming to us was this concept of proportionality. And, and what, it, what I mean by that is, is the cost of a healthcare premium is not 100% due to hospital costs. A healthcare premium is the cost of that is due to hospital expense, pharmaceutical expense, physician expense, provider expense, uh, utilization, and a myriad of other things. And so to the degree that the reductions were going to occur mostly on the back of hospitals with the rate set that could be set at any rate necessary to reduce the premiums, since hospitals only account for less than half of the premium cost, if we had to absorb the entire cost, obviously that would have been unsustainable too. The final version of the legislation ended up creating a premium reduction target of 15% less than the average premium on the individual or small group market this year, which comes out to about 5% a year. If the targets aren't met, the state can step in and establish reimbursement rates. So how do you feel about that provision? The first part of that was give the industry an opportunity to make changes, give them the target, and then if they can't, here's some assurances that that premiums will be reduced. And I think we prefer that over the here's here's the end solution no matter what, and no one has an opportunity to try and have the um, markets move in the direction that are necessary on their own. So, so we do prefer that. In fairness to policymakers, I have to say, uh, I don't think the industry has been very good at moving unless they're, you know, really motivated to do so. Uh, the incentives are not set up in such a way that they move collectively. What were the other key parts of the law that were important to Centura, and did they make the final bill? So what we did was we we went to lawmakers. We had a lot of conversations with them. The final version of the bill um, alleviated our concerns, and so we ended up being able to be comfortable with the direction that the that the bill was headed. And the way the bill alleviated it, in a nutshell, is um, number one, we we agreed that the public option would become a standardized benefit that would be offered by commercial carriers. So that alleviated the crowd out concern. And then the other. Uh, major components that were put into the bill were there's a percent discount from contracted that we can utilize as the floor of reimbursement. There was also a method put in place to protect rurals and independent hospitals on on the uh, reductions that would be asked of the organizations. Washington State was the first to implement the public option plan called Cascade Care and saw pretty low enrollment this year. Just about 1% of people who signed up for plans on the individual market chose a public option plan. I know there was a lot of concern from providers that the reimbursement rates were going to be a big adjustment from commercial rates. And so I'm wondering, what have you heard from colleagues in Washington or what lessons did you learn from watching this play out there first? One of um, Centra's sponsors is uh, Common Spirit Health, and, and Common Spirit actually has facilities in Washington. And so we we had conversations with them about their experience. They had told us uh, that the reimbursement rate on their public option was, I think, in the neighborhood of 160% of Medicare, which for most institutions is difficult to to absorb replacing a commercial reimbursement, which is usually much higher than that. So they initially said that they told us they were worried about the reimbursement being that low, but then they said it wasn't a problem And after it was instituted. And, and we were a little confused and had a lot of questions. And so we asked our colleagues who were in Washington, why 
And they said because they ended up with a standardized benefit plan that was actually rather expensive relative to other things that were in the marketplace, but inexpensive relative to the magnitude of benefits that it had. So in in some ways, they ended up with a Lamborghini that costs $100,000 instead of $250,000, but it's still $100,000. And there are other cars that are available um, that are, you know, a Toyota truck or something that's much less expensive that most people still gravitate towards. Now, the analogy there falls apart only because um, some people need the Lamborghini, so to speak, when it comes to healthcare equivalency, right? They they need certain levels of coverage and um, uh, uh, autism coverage or certain behavioral health kinds of things, and they need to have it. And so for that segment of the population, it's very helpful and beneficial, but it really doesn't affect a whole lot of individuals and entities because it's still, at the end of the day, expensive. And if you have less expensive options that have less benefits, people will gravitate towards that. So that is, in fact, what happened in, in, in Washington. And we kind of expect a similar thing in Colorado. But it's not it's not bad. I think it, it allows us to scale as, as the concepts are proven. And it also allows us to um, not be collapse, so to speak, overnight while while we try this and see how it works. What are the expectations for how many Coloradans will sign up for this plan when it becomes available in 2023? The estimates are in the 18,000 range uh, for enrollees, which isn't a whole lot, again, but I think that for us to start in a way like that is, is more beneficial for us, and it alleviated a lot of our concerns to enable us to do something small as and I will tell you, one of the what I call boogeyman fears that um, kept going around during the rhetoric was was all small employer and all individual was going to convert over to this public option. Well, that's just not reality. That that was being perpetuated by some in the marketplace who either didn't understand the legislation, were worried entirely about the precedent, or had an agenda of some kind. And and Centura took the approach of, we're not going to perpetuate things we don't believe to be true. We we really do want to be part of the solutions. And and as a result, I think um, lawmakers were more receptive to that approach. Has Centura modeled what the impact of this public option plan could be on the system? Enrollment is one piece of the equation. Um, then it becomes how much of uh, how much of that enrollment will be Centura versus how much of that enrollment will be patients that were not current that aren't currently Centuras that will be incrementally for us, as well as the the dynamics at play there are how much is our reimbursement going to be under that model given the the three different um, alternatives of reduction if we can't hit our cost targets we, we believe that we center are going to be able to offer the public option product at a rate that is sustainable for us. And it'll be something that we're going to lean into as opposed to running away from. We think it could actually be a, a net net benefit for the community as a whole. Now that the law is passed, what comes next for Centura? I know that the first plan year isn't until 2023, but that's only about one and a half years away. The state has already started to engage a process of developing this standardized benefit plan and what benefits there will be in there, just like they did in Washington. And um, we are participating in that. Um, we are also, you know, having our own internal conversations about how do we, who, who do we partner with um, on the payer side? Who do we negotiate with on these different things? And, and really just being 
continuing to be involved and engaged in this development process and phase, it's our opportunity to weigh in on the pieces that are not yet defined. So lots of immediate work that has already begun. Public option proposals are currently in the works in other states, in Connecticut and Oregon. And I'm wondering, what advice would you have for health system counterparts in those other states as they decide how to engage with lawmakers? I wish I could sort of shout this from the rooftops because I think it's pretty important and and it's almost a pet peeve of mine. But the first I would say to lawmakers, there's an adage that a lot of lawmakers and policymakers have, which is, many of them believe this, if everyone is unhappy, then probably you have the right answer. And when it comes to the healthcare reform, I, I think that's just complete baloney. That's not true at all. And in fact, if everyone's unhappy, uh, lawmakers and policymakers probably have a really bad answer, a really bad solution that will have very um, cataclysmic consequences. So there needs to be an amalgamation of of entities that are supportive and that believe that the policy direction is is the right direction. So I would say to lawmakers, if everybody's unhappy, you don't have the right answer. You got you got a really bad answer probably. Conversely, I would tell healthcare colleagues to truly look for solutions and be collaborative and and not obstructionist because you know some of our some of our hospital colleagues and some of our physician colleagues were knows no matter what they they did not want any solutions they did not want to change status quo telling lawmakers that no costs are not really high and it's not really a problem doesn't resonate with them and they'll just move on to somebody who wants to work on the problem with them. That was Dean Sanpei, Chief Strategy Officer at Centura Health in Centennial, Colorado. Thanks for listening to GIST Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olkin. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on GISTHealthcare.com. GIST Healthcare Daily is an independent production of GIST Healthcare. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.